Welcome to Disclosure. I'm Jean Boonstra, and I am your host for today's program. Disclosure is brought to you by The Voice of Prophecy, a ministry that is nearly 90 years old. And Disclosure is our flagship program, and I'm glad that you found us today. I invite you to visit us online at our website, vop.com, where you can check out what we have available in programming for the entire family, including our newest program, Discovery Mountain, for children and families. Well, I'm glad that you found us here at Disclosure, and I know that many of you listening are struggling right now. Whether you're listening in the car, maybe you're on a bus with earbuds in, or, or maybe you're at home but you have challenges in your life. Or, or maybe it's just one challenge, one that's so big that it seems to overshadow everything else in your life right now. Maybe it's a cancer diagnosis or a threat of foreclosure on your home, or maybe it's yet another fight with your spouse that makes you wonder if you should keep trying at your marriage. Well, these overwhelming challenges, they're each different, but they have one thing in common. They can allow us to lose hope if we let them. We can lose hope that God is with us and that he is at work. But my guest today went through challenges as a young man growing up in Baghdad, but his experience showed him that God was and remains at work in his life. And it can be a great encouragement to us in our challenges too. God is with us and he will carry us through those challenges. Dr. Joseph Kidder is the professor of Christian ministry at Andrews University in Berrien Springs, Michigan. He has served in ministry in various capacities for more than 28 years. And I had the privilege of taking a class with Dr. Kidder a couple of years ago, and I can personally vouch for the fact that his passion is helping people to experience a vibrant and authentic walk with God. He's the author of several books, including Out of Babylon, How God Found Me on the Streets of Baghdad, which we'll talk about today. Dr. Kidder, welcome to Disclosure. Me too. I'm very happy to be with you. Thank you for taking the time out of your teaching schedule to join us. Um, you have have a powerful testimony of how God worked in your life as a young man. Um, let's begin right at the very beginning. Tell us, where did you grow up, and, and just give us a little background about your family life. I grew up in the biblical city of Nineveh, which is called Mosul today. Okay. Our home was approximately six miles from the grave of Jonah, at the heart of the downtown area of the city of Mosul. Mosul is the modern city mm-hmm. where Nineveh is. Is the grave of Jonah. I really uh, lived a wonderful, happy life. Mm. And then uh, my father, who was a businessman, decided to move to Baghdad. So he moved the family to Baghdad, and many of my uh, cousins, uncles, relatives moved with us. And actually, the story of the uh, book Out of Babylon, mm-hmm. it started in the city of Baghdad. Okay, right right in Baghdad. I, I just find that yeah. wonderful that you have that connection all the way back to the story of Jonah in Nineveh. I mean, the rich history of where you grow up is wonderful. Um, so your father moved... It's interesting that mm-hmm. uh, everyone in Nineveh knew about Jonah. Huh. And historically, for thousands of years, the people of Nineveh fasted and prayed in honor of Jonah. Oh. Uh, only in modern time, only uh, the last three or four years, ISIS put a stop to it. But for thousands okay. of years, 
people uh, repented, uh, fasted, prayed, and turned to the Almighty God. Hmm. Just that rich history that continued up until very recently. Hopefully the tradition and that connection picks up back again one day. Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm praying about. Oh, absolutely. It must be close to your heart. Yes. So your family... Yes, um, so. I can only imagine. So your your father takes your family and moves um, to Baghdad, which is where this story begins. Um, one afternoon you took a walk with your cousin. That was a very providential walk, wasn't it? Amen. God was really leading us in that walk as we were... Uh, walking to explore this new city, Baghdad, Mm -hmm. we ended up being at the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Baghdad. Mm -hmm. It was approximately a walk maybe of four to five miles. And in Iraq, they cannot do any kind of evangelism, Mm -hmm. but the pastor of that church uh, was creative, so he was showing a movie about the life of Christ. Hmm. And uh, Actually, it was my cousin who saw the advertisement. The advertisement was a very small piece of paper, approximately five by four inches. If it was any bigger than this, he would have been arrested and put in jail. But he was praying that somebody would see this and would go in and watch the movie. My cousin saw it, and he looked at me, and he said, we don't have anything to do. Why don't we go in? and watch the movie. Maybe we will learn something in you. And that was the angle. That's the reason why we went in. Hmm. And we went in, and we sat down, and uh, we watched uh, the life of Christ on the screen. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I saw his miracles, his uh, teaching, his life, his death, his resurrection. And something inside of me leaped. Hmm. I was really amazed. I was excited. Uh, I fell in love with Jesus. Hmm. And I wanted to know more about him. So at the end of the movie, I went to the pastor, mm-hmm. and I asked him if I could learn more about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning of it. Hmm. Uh, we started to meet on uh, Tuesdays, uh, approximately uh, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, that's where I started to learn about the Bible, about Jesus, about the Old Testament, about the New Testament, and the major stories of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And had you grown up with some Christian background as a boy, or was this totally foreign to you? No, I grew up as uh, with a little bit of Christian background because okay. my mother was uh, a Christian. Mm-hmm. My dad came from a Christian heritage, mm-hmm. but my dad uh, never went to church, never read the Bible. Mm-hmm never prayed. He was an extremely secular man. Okay. But my mom showed some interest in God. Uh, every once in a while, she would go to church. Every once in a while, she might uh, celebrate uh, some of the main holidays like Christmas and Easter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the kind of background I grew up in. Okay. So I knew a little bit about the Bible. I knew a little bit about Jesus. Uh-huh but nothing really of depth or or something that I could say I knew a lot Mm -hmm. about Jesus. Mm -hmm. So something in that movie just touched your heart, and you were drawn to Jesus, and you wanted to know more about him. So as you came to see the Bible differently, um, did you have a Bible of your own? 
No, I did not have a Bible of my own. Okay. I wanted first to answer the question about what was in the movie. Okay, I would sure. say the thing that really struck me the most about the movie was this God mm-hmm. who loved us so much that he became a man mm-hmm. and went all the way to the cross to die for us. Mm-hmm. That really touched my heart mm-hmm. very, very deeply. And I wanted to know more about this God who valued my life by the value of his own life. Mm -hmm. That was amazing to me. It was Mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. As far as the Bible, I did not have a Bible. Mm -hmm. So I worked for my dad, and uh, it took me, oh, I would say several months to accumulate enough money. At that time, the Bible was probably... Three four hundred dollars. You have to expensive. wait for several months to get it. Mm. And I was extremely excited the first mm. time uh, when I got it. And I went home, and uh, uh, my mom uh, asked us to do our homework. Mm-hmm. But just before I went to bed, I really wanted to at least open it and see what's inside of it. Uh, so. I put a blanket on top of me. Mm-hmm. I went and got a flashlight before that, <laughs> put the blanket on top of me, mm-hmm. and opened the Bible, and I put the flashlight on it. And the first verse I read was, I am the light of the world. Oh, that's beautiful. It was just amazing to me. Yeah. I am the light of the world. That's what Jesus said. And yeah. that was the first, yeah. first verse read. I read from mm-hmm. the Bible. Yes. And you just had had a hunger and, and a desire for it. Um, you know, I think so often we just take for granted that we have the Bible at our fingertips now. We Most of us, if we don't own more than one, we have easy access to one. We have it on our computers. We have it on our cell phones. Um, but you, you just had that desire for it because you didn't have that easy access to it. That's what I keep telling my students. I said, you need to cherish this treasure. Right. You need right. to read it. You need to memorize it. You need to live by it. Mm-hmm. I said, I had such a hunger for the Word of God. Mm. I think I got the Bible in March, mm-hmm. and I finished reading it from cover to cover by November. Not that I understood a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Probably I didn't understand a lot of you know, uh, from the Old Testament was very difficult for me, mm-hmm. except maybe the first five books and maybe the the stories of Joshua and Kings and Chronicles. Those were easy. Mm-hmm. And the Psalms, of course. And the New Testament was easy to understand. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter. I still wanted to read it and wanted to understand it and wanted to live by it. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. developed a love for it and a hunger for it. Mm. Yeah, and you just dove in and absorbed it and ate it up. Were there any scriptures that you memorized in those in that early time that you were still absorbing? I uh, t- uh, t- memorized uh, Psalm twenty-three. I memorized the Beatitude, mm-hmm. and I memorized uh, the verse in Philippians where it says, "I can do all things through Him who strengthens me mm-hmm. through Christ." Mm-hmm. Strengthened. That meant a lot to me, okay. especially you live in a culture where it is very difficult to be a Christian, but mm-hmm. Christ will strengthen you, mm-hmm. Christ will sustain you, will empower you, will be with you always. So 
that that meant a lot to me that verse mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you really had that hunger and that thirst and that longing and you studied and you continue to study with the pastor too as well and um you know you just mentioned that it was not easy to be a christian where you were and um we're going to take a short break but i want to hear what it was like for you so you had this initial experience this love and this desire to get to know this Jesus who would die for you and you're reading the Bible you're absorbing it and and learning as much as you can at that point but it must have been difficult on your family for you to take this stand and I and I know that that's uh, um that's an important part of your story, what happened next. So, Dr. Kidder, we're going to take a short break, but after this, we want to hear what happened next after you had that initial love and that that desire to get to know God. Um, this is Disclosure. I'm Jean Boonstrom. We're talking to Dr. Joseph Kidder, um, specifically about his book, Out of Babylon. So we're going to take a short break, break, but stay with us because we want to hear what happens next in his story. As you may know, the Voice of Prophecy is supported by people just like you. We provide Christ-centered programs and Bible studies free of charge so that no one is left out. If you've been blessed by these programs and would like to pay it forward, we invite you to visit vop.com give to make your tax-deductible donation. We're equipping the world for Christ to come, and your support will make a direct impact on so many lives. That's vop.com give. All around us, the world is changing. Homes are being lost, lives are being threatened, and some people are asking the question, does God even care about me? The Bible answers that question, and what it says is very encouraging. Find out what God says regarding this topic and some of life's greatest issues in our free Discover Bible Guides. You can get yours by going to VOP.com, click on Study, or call us at 888-456-7933, 888-456-7933. Retirement planning can be stressful, but it doesn't have to be. Call the friendly people at The Voice of Prophecy and learn about all your options based on your specific needs. Just give us a call at 1-800-348-5993. Welcome back to Disclosure. I'm Jean Boonstra, and I am talking with Dr. Joseph Kidder today about his experience as a young man coming to Christ, and and this experience is shared in his book called Out of Babylon. Uh, Dr. Kidder, you were sharing your initial love and desire to, to get to know Jesus better, and it took you straight into the scriptures, which you dove into, and you, you just feasted on them. What was it like for your family as you went through this experience? At this time, uh, my family were okay with it uh, because nothing happened. Mm-hmm. It is later on that my family started to oppose me in my newfound faith. Uh, in the culture I grew up in, mm-hmm. nobody changes their faith. 
no Christian will become a Muslim, no Muslim will become a Christian. Of course, if a Muslim would become a Christian, they would kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a Christian would become a Muslim, uh, they will ostracize him and shed him. Mm-hmm. There is that severe uh, persecution, sometimes subtle, sometimes unsubtle, uh, sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it is not. Uh, so uh, later on, when I started to act on my newfound faith and follow Jesus fully, mm-hmm. my family had a very, very difficult time with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they started to oppose me. And then when, when I declared that I am going to be fully committed to Jesus Christ and follow him all the way, mm-hmm. my father was so upset that uh, he uh, brought probably about 100 people from my family into our living room in Baghdad to talk me out of being faithful to Jesus. Mm. Most of the, those people would never have come if I was on drugs or a criminal. Mm. But when they heard that I am following Jesus very, very uh, strongly, committed to him passionately, they felt very uncomfortable with that. Mm. So they came to talk me out of it. But when mm-hmm. my dad saw that I was not going to change my mind, mm-hmm. he took off his shoes and he threw them on me. Oh. And that gave permission to one of my brothers and one of my cousins to come and lift me up by my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And the rest started beating on me. Mm. They kept beating on me till eventually I became unconscious. I was bleeding all over. Mm. And they uh, thought I was dead, and they threw me out on the street. Mm. But God spared my life. Mm. When I woke up from uh, consciousness, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I I looked up into the skies, and I said, Lord, I feel like the whole world is against me, even my family. Uh, and, And I felt he was saying to me, Maybe everyone is against you, but I am for you. And if Jesus mm-hmm. is for us, Paul tells us, it doesn't really matter who is against us. Right. And then I said, Lord, I, I lost everything. Mm-hmm. And he, he, I felt he was saying to me, maybe, but now you got me. And if you have Jesus, that's all what you need in your life. Mm-hmm. That's really the experience I had. My family were, I mean, extremely against me becoming faithful and committed to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now you Mm -hmm. might ask, well, uh, they were nominally Christian, Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it really, uh, a lot of it is cultural because I decided to uh, become an Adventist, uh, Mm -hmm. and that was very, very uncomfortable for them. Okay. Okay. Uh, So that's the story of uh, that severe persecution Mm -hmm. I received. I was really basically abandoned by my family. Mm -hmm. I was thrown out on the street. And the thing I didn't say, I also lost two years of schooling and a scholarship that covered four years of college. I was at the university taking engineering, and I lost all of that. Because so, I decided to be faithful to God. Because you took a and stand. And obey Him in all things. So you lost a four-year scholarship and actually two years of your schooling. Um, you lost those as well. Uh, your father must have been very upset about yes, that as exactly. well. Mm-hmm. Extremely. Mm-hmm. And especially, uh, my dad was thinking that I needed to have uh, the best education so mm-hmm. I could have the best job. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I could be very, very successful. Mm-hmm. 
So that is his idea. So he, when, when I lost two years of schooling and the scholarship, he felt like I lost everything. That you were throwing away your future, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I was throwing away my future. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the way he interpreted. Sure. Mm-hmm. So you're, this this horrible situation happens to you where you're beaten by people you love, your family members, and you're thrown out. Um, you survive it. God protected you through that that difficult, horrible situation. Where where did you turn? Did you have anyone that you could turn to during that time? Yes. Uh, at that time, I was attending the Adventist Church, and in the Adventist Church in Baghdad, there was a young couple, a newlywed in probably their mid-twenties, who took an interest in me. They were wonderful people. They were like my mentors. They are the people who discipled me. Okay. Every time I went to church, they would come and talk to me. They will uh, pray with me. Often they would invite me over to their home for mm-hmm. uh, lunch. Uh, I really enjoyed their friendship very, very much. So when I was kicked out on the street, I didn't have any place to go. I prayed about it, and I felt God was saying to me, go to the home of those people. Okay. And that's mm-hmm. where I ended up. And they were wonderful people. And they took they you took in? They took me in. <sighs> wow. Yes, I stayed with them uh, for several months. Uh, they ministered to me emotionally, physically, spiritually. Every night we would read the Bible together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we especially focus on promises from the Bible. Mm. One promise we read almost every night, mm-hmm. and that is the one in Romans eight twenty eight. Mm. And we know that all things work for good for those who love God. Mm-hmm. And I, I really could testify to that from the bottom of my heart, and it, because in spite of all of the persecution and the difficulties I went through, God was always with me. I felt his presence with me, and he did make all things to work for good for me. Mm. So I praise the Lord for that verse. I I know it by experience, not only by memorizing it, but I have lived it. I know it. So it's real Because we have a wonderful God who does make all things. Amen. Amen. He, he makes all things to work for good for those who love, who love God. To those who are the called according to his purpose. It's a beautiful verse. It's one of my favorite as well. So you, this couple took you in, and they, they cared for you, and you prayed together, and you read scripture together. Um, what a wonderful blessing that was at that time, that formative time for you. Were you able to resolve some of the situations with your family? What happened was, uh, I uh, what I was saying with this family, mm-hmm. uh, the war between the Arab countries and Israel started. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one day I got the letter in the mail that uh, I needed to report for duty in the army in mm. six weeks. It was a horrible Ooh, day. Six weeks. It was like the death sentence. Yeah. My dad at that time, and knew that I was alive and living with this family. So he also wrote me a letter mm-hmm. saying, if you renounce your faith, I will accept you back home, and I will find a way for you to leave the country and go to Europe to study and avoid the army. Mm-hmm. Uh, the system at that time was, if you are studying, 
you could uh, avoid going to the army. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I was very tempted to take my dad up on his offer. Mm-hmm. Sure. But praise the Lord for the community of faith. The Adventist Church there prayed for me, fasted for me, mm-hmm. encouraged me. Uh, and that's where I am today is because of their prayers. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Later on, mm-hmm. I discovered that uh, between Jesus and Paul, mm-hmm. 63 times we are told to pray for one another, to encourage one another, to love one another, to honor one another. I am here today because some people prayed for me mm. and, and appealed to me to be faithful to God. They encouraged me to be faithful to God. Well, what happened was mm-hmm. my neighbor, who was my best friend, got a letter similar to the one I got. Mm-hmm. But he was a little bit older than me, so he went to the army right away. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the news came back uh, that he was killed. Oh, dear. Well, uh, they had a memorial service for him. Mm-hmm. And my mom went to that service, and she was emotionally moved. Of course. So she mm-hmm. uh, came back home and uh, pleaded with my dad to accept me and to allow me to come back home. It took some convincing, but finally my dad accepted me back home. First time I was back home. Mm -hmm. Uh, The brother and the cousin who lifted me up by my shoulders so the breast could beat on me came to my room, woke me up, and forced me to go for a walk with them. We went to a park a few miles from where we lived. By the time we got to the park, it was midnight, pitch dark, no people. Oh, dear. No life over there. Mm-hmm. We got to the middle of the park, and they stopped. So I said, this is the end. Mm. So I was anticipating a knife stab or a shot. I kept praying and submitting my life into the hands of God. Five minutes, nothing happened. Ten minutes, nothing happened. Uh, finally, uh, my cousin broke the silence, and he uh, looked at me and said, look, you're either crazy to go through what you went through Mm -hmm. or you have something we would like to have. Hmm. That gave me the opportunity to share my faith with them. We were there till about six in the morning. Hmm. At six in the morning, my brother gave his heart to Jesus. Oh, praise God. My brother was the ultimate secular who worshiped money, but today he worshiped Jesus. Oh, praise God. And my cousin became the pastor of the Adventist Church (laughs) in Baghdad, Iraq, later on. So we do have a God who does make all things to work for good for those who love him. Amen. And and that must have been scary going out on that midnight walk. You know, the freshness of that experience of your family turning on you and um, those those two individuals beating you nearly to death and then going on that midnight walk. But, you know, I'm just thinking about it from heaven's perspective. You know, the angels watching, knowing what's going to come. What a beautiful, wonderful God who does make all things work together for good. For those who love God, God was honoring your faith. Um, So you were able to move back home. 
Um, you see an opportunity to share your new faith with your brother, with your cousin. They accept that faith. But of course, as you mentioned, and we're about to take a break, but I wanted to, to circle back to this. You had made some difficult decisions by honoring your faith. You had lost a four-year scholarship. You lost a couple of years of school. Um, that was a huge decision that you made for the sake of your faith. And so let's talk after the break about where God led you in that direction to pursue an academic plan for him as well, because we know that he had a plan for you and he had a purpose and just where that went. So this is Disclosure. I'm Jean Boonster. We're talking to Dr. Joseph Kidder um, about his testimony of finding God as a young man in Babylon. So stay with us through this short break and we'll be right back right after this. Disclosure is just one of the programs brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy, like the audio adventure program, Discovery Mountain. Discovery Mountain is a weekly Bible-based program for kids of all ages and backgrounds. Your family will enjoy faith-building stories with Jake Donovan, (laughs) Mr. Simon, and others in this small mountain town. Each summer, campers visit Discovery Mountain, where they sing songs, learn about God, and reenact a Bible story with the help of drama teachers, Miss Wendy and Miss Tamara. With 24 full episodes every year and programming every week, your family will have something uplifting to listen to every week. Listen to episodes on demand and watch video features from director Doug at discoverymountain.com or on your favorite podcast platform. That's discoverymountain.com. If you've been blessed by this program, we hope that you'll pay it forward and add your voice to the Voice of Prophecy. Just visit vop.com give to make your tax-deductible donation. Thank you for supporting us and equipping the world for Christ to come. Welcome back to Disclosure. I'm Jean Boonstra, your host for today's program, and I am talking to Dr. Joseph Kidder, who is a professor at Andrews University and the author of several books, including Out of Babylon, which shares his story, his personal story of finding Jesus as a young man in Baghdad. And Dr. Kidder, you were sharing with us before the break um, your experience with um, your new faith caused some family tension, to say the least. And you also had to make a choice about your academics. And in standing up for your faith, you lost a scholarship and you lost two years of schooling. Um, I just have to ask you first, during that experience, were you bitter at all about that? You know, this is one of the things uh, that uh, I experienced. I was not bitter at all. Oh, God, God helped me to have forgiveness and help me to understand what they were doing is because of the culture they are in. Mm-hmm. I knew that uh, my family, especially my mom, loved me very, very much. And uh, the reason why they were doing this is because uh, this is part of what they do when these things happen. Mm-hmm. So praise the Lord, I never was bitter. I never was uh, angry or upset with them. And, and maybe that's part of the reason 
why several members of my family eventually came to know Jesus as Lord and as Savior. Oh, amen. Uh, because uh, after I went back home and my brother and my cousin uh, accepted Jesus, we started to share our faith with other people. Mm-hmm. We started to share with them about the changes that God brings to our lives and how He gives us hope and peace, mm-hmm. how He fills us with His presence. That was a tremendous testimony to the people. Mm-hmm. So praise the Lord for that. I I don't think I, I mean, sometimes maybe I got a little bit upset or angry, but um, never uh, ha- harbored any resentment or hard feeling towards Or bitterness them. or anger. Oh, well, that was, that was God giving you oh, that yeah. as well. Absolutely. No, the Lord, you know, when we yeah. pray, God takes care of that, really. Mm-hmm. You know, praise the Lord for that. Mm-hmm. He gives us peace in the middle of all of these storms that we experience in yes. our lives. In the midst of any difficulty, God is more than able to give us His peace. His peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, you had a, a practical problem now, <laughs> your education. So you had given up that scholarship. Yes. You made the right decision, a difficult decision, but made the right decision. So what was the next step? How did you go about pursuing your educational path next? Well, uh, the family I was staying with uh, told me that uh, we still have to solve the problem of the army. And the only way we could solve the problem of the army mm, right. is to uh, go somewhere and study. Okay. And uh, the Adventist Church has uh, a small college, today it's a university, in Beirut, Lebanon. Mm. Mm-hmm. But the problem was that this college was not accredited by the country of Iraq. And for 40 years, the church tried many different means to get that college to be accredited. Mm -hmm. But everything they tried failed. Hmm. So finally, they said, why don't we try prayer? They Hmm. they prayed before, Mm -hmm. but now they decided to take prayer extremely seriously. Mm -hmm. So about 50 people from the church went into the basement of the church in Baghdad Mm -hmm. on Friday afternoon, and they were there till Sunday afternoon. They worshiped God, they prayed, they fasted, they claimed promises from the Bible. And um, I cannot really explain this to you. Nobody can. Mm -hmm. On a Tuesday of that same week, they got the letter from the government of Iraq that Middle East College was accredited. It was a miracle. Oh, That's the God. only explanation for it. So after God 40 years. miracles. Yeah. After, and because, wow. go ahead. Well, uh, and, and you said it was yeah, 40, 40 years, years and right? And they were not able to get it accredited. And three, three days of yeah. prayer, and, yes. and it changed. And wow. Everything changed. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And my advice to the people who are hearing this testimony, mm-hmm. don't even wait for 40 seconds before you present <laughs> your needs to the Lord. Amen. Just go to Him at any time, all the time, mm-hmm. and He is more than willing to listen to you. He will drop everything, mm. and you will become the object of His attention. Oh, that's that's the kind of God we have. Amen. Loving, merciful, and gracious God. Yes, yes, yeah. amen. So, so I went to Beirut, Lebanon, Mm-hmm. And shortly after I arrived, the civil war started. Oh, dear. And uh, uh, somebody came to me and said, do you still want to be an engineer? 
Mm-hmm. And I said, yes. He said, go to Walla Walla College. That's uh, today a university in the state of Washington. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My church prayed for me for 13 months, fasted. Many, many people fasted on my behalf uh-huh. at least once a week mm-hmm. so I could have the money, so I could have the visa, the visa from the U.S., mm-hmm. the exit visa from Iraq. And miraculously, God made all things to work for good for me. And I was able to leave Iraq and go to the United States, to the state of Washington, to Walla Walla. Mm -hmm. And I took engineering, and uh, I uh, worked as an engineer for three months after graduation. But I felt a call Mm -hmm. uh, to serve God in a different capacity, to be a pastor, Mm -hmm. So I took theology, and I graduated from Walla Walla, and uh, pastored for 21 years, and then uh, I have been teaching at the seminary for 18 years. 18 years So that's my Mm -hmm. uh, educational pursuit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's such a miracle what I'm hearing. They got the accreditation so you could go to the Middle East College in, in Beirut, Lebanon. You arrived there, and, and were you, did you actually arrive the year that the Civil War broke out there in Lebanon? Uh, the Civil War uh, started uh, approximately uh, towards the end of that first year. Of the first year that you were there. Or maybe halfway through it, something like that. Okay. Okay. That, yes. That, uh, that must have been after that. It must have been dangerous while you were studying there. Did that af- affect you? Yes, it affected us um, in a very strong way mm. because Middle East College mm-hmm. is on a hill, and at the bottom of the hill were the uh, Muslims, and at the top of the hill were the Christians, oh. and they would send bombs against each other, and some of these bombs will fall on the college. I remember one time Mm -hmm. I was uh, feeling sick. Uh, I think I had the flu. Mm -hmm. So I asked my roommate, I said, uh, why don't you, when you go to the cafeteria, bring me breakfast. I don't think I'm going to be able to go today. I, I, I don't feel well, and I don't want to give what I have to other people. Mm-hmm. So my roommate brought me some breakfast, and he left. And as I was reading breakfast and praying and reading my Bible, I felt a compelling urge to leave the room. Mm-hmm. I left the room, and there is a common place in the dorm. So I went to that, which is right in the middle of the dorm. Mm-hmm. There are rooms uh, on one side of the dorm and rooms on the other side of the dorm, but in the middle there is a place where the students could hang out and study together or eat together. Mm-hmm. So I went to that place, and I heard a bomb, a very, oh very strong bomb. Mm-hmm. So I was curious what's happening. Of course, I was also scared. Yes. I went back again to my room, and a, a rocket exploded exactly where my bed was. Oh, if I was there, I would have been torn into pieces. But God protected me. God was there. It was mm-hmm. God who urged me to leave the room. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we were affected by it. It was not an easy thing to live in Beirut at the time when the civil war between the Christian and the Muslims 
mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. But through prayer, through reliance on God, mm-hmm. through His grace, we made it. Mm-hmm. And uh, no one from the college died because of the war. God had and yet, His hand uh, over you. Many, many people uh, died during that war. Yes, yes. Mm. So, uh, Really, I, I want to tell you that experience sure. in Beirut uh, helped me especially to understand uh, the, the Psalms. Even thousands might fall on your left or your right, but God will protect you. Oh. That's a beautiful promise. Yes, yes. Yeah. It became very and real. The promise, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, mm. I will fear no evil because mm-hmm. you are with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, being in Beirut, Lebanon was exactly the equivalent of walking through the valley of the shadow of death. death. Yeah. And so early in, in your faith journey with God, you had that experience and you had another very, very tangible reminder of how God was protecting you and had his hand over you. And, and, and again, did you say that you're, after you had to leave there because of the danger, it wasn't safe to study, um, did your church pray for you for 13 months so that you could go to Walla Walla College? Exactly. That is yes. a faithful, faithful yes, church uh, family church that for me supported for 13 you. Months. Thirteen months. Thirteen months. And and See, I, what, yes, the church was really amazing and wonderful to me. Mm, yes, and, and and I can imagine uh, the visa ahead. the visa problems alone would have been just so difficult. Um, but God clearly had a plan that He wanted you <laughs> to come to the U.S. Um, and He brought you here to the U.S. so you could continue Amen. to study engineering. Um, but you mentioned you had that early switch to to wanting to serve God in ministry and you switched to theology, was there like a defining moment that, that changed for you, or was it just a sense and an, and, and an overall change of direction to go into ministry? What it was, uh, I uh, was asked several times mm-hmm. to preach in various uh, venues and places, and uh, people uh, always came and thanked me. Mm-hmm. Uh, for blessing them. And I really felt very good about um, uh, the opportunities to serve God in that capacity. Mm-hmm. And these invitations started to come many, many, many times. And uh, I just somehow, as I was one time preaching in a church in the area of Walla Walla Valley, mm-hmm. I just felt like this is where God wants me. This is where God uh, has a place for me, and uh, I will uh, just uh, devote the rest of my life just telling people about, about him. him. And you so s- that's how it uh, how it started. Okay, and you sense that call, and and you made that change, and, and God has has continued to be faithful to you and you've been faithful to him in ministry for these many many years well in our closing segment of the program right after this next break um, dr kidder these experiences that you went through really have transformed your life and have been a part of your ministry Uh, the power of prayer is one particular thing that i know has shaped your ministry and so let's talk a little bit about that after this break and leave our listeners with some encouragement we'll be right back right after this.
Retirement planning can be a stressful process, but it doesn't have to be. The friendly people at The Voice of Prophecy can walk you through the entire process and explain all of your options based on your specific needs. Whether you'd like to set up a trust for income or make a gift that will benefit your loved ones and change lives through The Voice of Prophecy, we're here to help. To learn more, call 1-800-348-5993. Do you feel as if you have more questions than answers in your life? Are you searching for answers to some of life's biggest questions? The Discover Bible Guides can help you find the answers you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or call us at 888-456-7933 for your free Discover Bible Guides and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions. If you've been blessed by this program, we hope that you'll pay it forward and add your voice to the Voice of Prophecy. Just visit VOP.com slash give to make your tax-deductible donation. Thank you for supporting us and equipping the world for Christ to come. Welcome back to Disclosure. I'm Jean Boonstra. I am talking today to Dr. Joseph Kidder, and he has shared with us his powerful testimony of being a young man growing up in Baghdad and how God... um, placed his hand on his heart and called him to him. Uh, an amazing journey, struggles with family, with having to stand up for his faith and, and, and losing scholarships, and all the way to God leading him to Lebanon and then finally to the U.S. and a call to ministry. And so, Dr. Kidder, um, these many years you, you've served in ministry, and you really do have a passion. As I said at the beginning of the show, you I've experienced personally your commitment to help others to have an authentic walk with God. And a big part of that is prayer. Um, and I know some of our listeners right now are, are, are certainly going through seasons where they have challenges in their life. They have struggles. They have difficulties. And they're probably wondering, God, are you there? Do you hear me? Are you listening to me? And and sometimes when we sense that we have a delay in our answer to prayer from God, that could be discouraging. How would you encourage us as to why we might be having a delay in an answer to prayer? Obviously, uh, all of us experience sometimes disappointment when it comes to how God handles our prayer lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, yet uh, our faith really is strengthened, encouraged, build up when these experiences happen to us. I just was uh, lecturing in one of my classes here, and what I told them was Mm -hmm. that when our prayers are not answered, we need to think about four things. Okay. Maybe the request we are making is the wrong one. Hmm. Maybe the timing is wrong. Mm -hmm. Maybe there is something in me that God wants me to develop, to grow as a result of it. Mm -hmm. And that is why he's delaying it. If God always answers our prayers exactly the way we want it, uh, he would become like Santa Claus Hmm. or like uh, a vending machine. You just go to him and you you receive the answer. But Mm -hmm. God doesn't operate like that. God is more a God who is very much interested in us. Mm -hmm. He cares so deeply about us that he knows sometimes 
uh, an answer to the prayer the way we want, it might not be the best thing for us. In mm. fact, I have experienced that in my life many, many times, where God said sometimes no to my prayers, and yet that was the best thing that ever have happened <laughs> to me. Yes, uh, I've experienced that as God well. Says, mm-hmm. Slow, yeah. and when God says slow, I I need to deepen my faith with God. In the book, I talk about four ways in which this will help us, uh, and that is the delay. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, to teach us to depend on Him totally and completely. Mm. I don't have any other option except to go to God. And when that is the case, I really believe uh, my faith in Him will, will be strengthened, my reliance on Him. And when the answer comes, I will know beyond any shadow of doubt that it's the right answer and it is the right thing for me. Mm-hmm. Also, I talk about to teach us to pray and study the Bible very sincerely, mm-hmm. honestly, passionately. When we need God and when we need Him desperately, we pray as if our lives depend on it. I saw that happen in the story I just told you. Uh, the church in Iraq prayed and prayed uh, during those three days. I was with them. Mm-hmm. We poured our lives to God. It was one of the most worshipful experiences I ever have had. Mm. And then the answer came. Mm-hmm. God wanted us to depend on Him. So the answer will come, and we will know beyond any shadow of doubt that he was behind the answer. Mm -hmm. And then to strengthen our testimony and encourage us to share our faith with others. When God does this, we will have a testimony to share. In fact, we will not be able to contain ourselves but to share that testimony. Mm -hmm. God has done something amazing, and we have to share it. Mm -hmm. And then... uh, to spread the gospel message to other people, when seekers will see what God has done, when other people, uh, believers, uh, non-believers, see the wonderful acts of God, I think all of us will stand in awe and amazement of what God has done. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe uh, some of our listeners today have had prayers that are not answered. I want to tell you, that God will answer them the best way for you. Mm. Uh, maybe sometimes the answer might be no, sometimes the answer might be wait, but I know that God has the best for you, and the best days are still ahead of us. Amen. And God will come through in a very powerful and an awesome way. Yes, because he, he is not a, a vending machine, as you described. Um, he he wants what's best for us, and he knows what's best for us. And so when we feel <laughs> like we're not hearing from him and we sense that delay, um, the four things you just shared with us, maybe he's teaching us to depend on him totally and completely. He's teaching us to pray and study the Bible sincerely. I know personally it's it's been the times of trial the times when I've been struggling, the times when life hasn't been easy, that I have drawn closer to God. And and I praise Him for those times now that they're past. And so perhaps if if you are listening and and you are waiting and, and just begging God for that answer, perhaps He wants to strengthen your testimony and encourage you so that you have a story, a faith story to share with others. And 
ultimately, he wants each of us to share what he's done for us with others so that our faith journey can be encouragement to others. Uh, thank you, Dr. Kidder. Those are those are very, very encouraging words Amen. that you shared with us. Um, you know, I'm reminded early... In... I wanted to share something. When I sure. was beaten, when, when I was beaten by my family, I prayed that this cup would pass away from me, but it didn't. But in the long run, my family, at least some of them, saw what happened, and they were amazed, and they came to me and asked me, why did you go through this? Mm -hmm. So it was a testimony by itself. God didn't answer my prayer that my family would not beat me, but in the long run, it was the best thing for me and for my family. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it it was part of that that testimony, part of your witnessing to others and and sharing the gospel with others just by enduring that trial. Yeah. So early, er, yeah, <laughs> early early in your journey, um, thinking back to your story again, um, you had had a pastor that you studied with. That it sounds like your church was just a wonderful, wonderful, loving group of individuals. Yeah. Praise God! And you had had a pastor that that studied with you, and he challenged you to get to know God personally on a personal level. Um, and the way that you spend time with and get to know people in your life, the people that we love, we, we spend time getting to know them. And, you know, Dr. Kidder, I know some of our listeners right now, um, maybe they had that close connection with God in the past, but they felt it slip away. Or maybe they've never had it, and they want to have it, and they have a desire. Where would you encourage our listeners to begin that relationship with God? Is, is there a place in Scripture or, or just, just a process to go through? What would your advice to them be? My advice uh, to them is, if you knew Jesus, and for some reason you have left your first love, I I just urge you to pray that God will give you that first love for Him Mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Start praying about it, reading the Scripture. Uh, I'm always um, encouraged when I read the Scripture because I see a picture of God that is amazing, always drives me to Him. I see that uh, God has done something awesome and powerful, and because of that, I, it strengthened my faith and it strengthened my confidence in Him. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, if you never have known Jesus, I think the best thing that ever could happen to you is to learn to walk with Him, mm. to love Him, and uh, to go to somebody who knows more about him so they could teach you. Uh, uh, start with reading the Bible. Uh, start with prayer. Uh, going to church. And uh, I, I know uh, that uh, God has a plan for your life. In fact, in Jeremiah 29, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible mm-hmm. where it says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to give you hope and a better future. God knows my life from beginning to end. And not only he knows it, but he has plans for it. And these plans are the best plans. It's to give me hope and a future. Mm. And because God is in the middle of my plans, I know that my destiny is secured in him. The plans mm. to prosper me and not to harm me. And in, in fact, in that text, uh, God appeals to people to seek him. 
Mm-hmm. And he said, when you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, I, I urge our listeners to seek God, to pray to him, to uh, walk with him, uh, to uh, read the scripture, to go to church. Uh, one thing I learned in my life, mm-hmm. and that is I made many, many decisions, thousands of decisions that I felt sorry about. I wish mm-hmm. I didn't make them. Mm-hmm. But the only decision that I never felt sorry about was this, the decision to follow Jesus. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. Amen. And I know people from all over the world, from all throughout the ages, mm-hmm. will add their testimony to mine and say, this is the best, <laughs> that Jesus is worth it. Amen. Even worth it to go through some persecution or hardship or difficulties because he's a wonderful God and a wonderful Savior. Mm. And heaven will be a wonderful family reunion of sorts, won't it? We will all get to share our testimonies and just praise God together on how he brought us all there from different times and backgrounds and difficulties and struggles, but he was with each of us. I want to thank you, Dr. Kidder, for being with us here today on Disclosure. I know you have a busy teaching schedule. And um, your personal testimony, though, it's, it's been an encouragement to me, and I pray it will be to the listeners as well. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the invitation, and, and uh, thank you that uh, I had this opportunity to share my love Uh, for Jesus, who is everything to me. Thank you. Uh, He is um, my friend, um, my protector, my Lord, and my Savior. Mm, Amen. And I know that um, he would be yours too if you ask him into your heart. Amen. (laughs) And, And if... God bless you, and God bless the listeners, and may God be with you. Thank you, Dr. Kitty, you as well. Um... Dr. Kidder shared with us that 63 different times in Scripture between Jesus and Paul, um, there was an encouragement for us to pray for one another. And so I want you to know, you listening, that we are praying for you, that you are part of our prayer circle here every week at The Voice of Prophecy. And, you know, if you are searching for God, if you were close to Him once and fell away, or if you've never been close to Him before, pray read the scriptures, seek him out with all your heart, and you can find him at church too. And so I encourage you to follow those steps to draw close to him. Well, you've been listening to Disclosure. I have been your host, Jean Boonstra, and I encourage you to visit our website where you can find more information in our show notes about where you can find Dr. Kidder's book called Out of Babylon. Thank you for listening. Join us again next time. Until then, may God richly bless you as you draw close to him.